Hello, welcome to A Weekly Word. I'm Pastor Eric Tritton from Gloria Day Lutheran Church in Hudson, Ohio. Thanks for taking some time to, to be with me, to either watch this video or, or listen to this podcast, however you're, you're, you're getting this. Um, I'm glad you could be here. Uh, we're taking some time to look at how we might use uh, C.S. Lewis's book, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, to help us to communicate truths about Jesus and, and the Christian faith with, with our children and with our friends and family. Uh, and so this is actually the ninth in a series. So if you're interested in this, you might want to go back and look at the other ones too. They're all available on Gloria Day, uh, Gloria Day's YouTube page and would welcome you to check that out. Today we want to get into something that uh, is mentioned when the white witch confronts Aslan regarding Edmund. Edmund gets rescued. He is with Aslan and the queen comes and tries to lay a claim to him based in something that she calls the deep magic. And in a little later in the book, we'll find out that there's also a deeper magic. Uh, but for our purposes, I, I want to be a little bit descriptive in terms of what is this deep magic. And as I understand it, uh, this deep magic might correspond to what we would call the law or natural law. Um, this is something that is in creation. Uh, Narnia is a world that, just like our world, was created um, in, in this supposing by C.S. Lewis. Um, you can read about the creation of Narnia in uh, The Magician's Nephew. Uh, some book sets order it as the first book. I, I actually... Uh, prefer people to read The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe first because The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe introduces us to Aslan. And I, I, when I read The Magician's Nephew, I get the feeling that C.S. Lewis already assumes that you have met Aslan when you get to that part of the, uh, the book. So it's a little bit, uh, I think it can be a little bit confusing reading that book first. That's my opinion. You know, take that in the buck 50 and maybe you can get a cup of coffee somewhere. Um, so th the deep magic is part of the creation uh, of Narnia, just as God's law is part of the, the creation that we live in. But this will of God that is in the creation, it is still communicated to us by God's word, uh, especially those parts of God's word that tell us uh, what to do or how to live. You know, so we know that the Word of God can be split into two basic teachings. On the one hand, there is the law. On the other hand, there is the gospel. We're really talking about the law here. Uh, those things that, that tell us how we, how we ought to live. And as we talk about that, God's law is often twisted by the devil, by the world, and even our own sinful natures. Um, Sometimes we get the impression that we're capable of satisfying God by our actions when we read the law. Uh, a hymn writer once said, it is a false misleading dream that God's law gave us. You know, that somehow we were going to be able to be good enough by our own actions uh, based on, you know, obeying and, and, and being uh, people who do all the right things. 
And when you read through the scriptures, there, there is prophecy. Um, and when you hear the word prophecy, don't think just predicting the future. Think proclaiming God's word. And a lot of prophecy in the scripture proclaims God's law and, and confronts God's people with their sin. Because this is what the law does. The law always accuses us. It always condemns us for our sin. So it's, it's the law that really pronounces the death sentence on sinners, on people like you and me. Um, Romans 3.23 and Romans 6.23 uh, talk about this. You know, all have sinned and fall short of glory, the glory of God and, and the wages of sin is death. And when the witch confronts Aslan about Edmund, this is, this is the, uh, the idea behind that, that, that she has a claim on Edmund because he, he's a traitor, because he is, he's broken the law of Narnia. It, 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 the quote goes like this. You know that according to the deep magic, every traitor belongs to me as my lawful prey, and that for every treachery, I have a right to a kill. And that's, that's what the queen is after, she, because she believes that if she kills Edmund, then the prophecy can't come true about the two sons of Adam and two daughters of Eve. And then Aslan will go away and she can have her eternal winter in Narnia once again. But Aslan speaks with uh, the, the witch alone, makes a bargain with her. Uh, and it is quite the bargain uh, and the, basically the bargain is that he will go and he will die in Edmund's place. Sound familiar? That's not revealed immediately in the book. We've got we to gotta work our way to that. But that's what Aslan is working toward. And after Aslan's uh, sacrifice, which we're going to talk more about next time, and after his resurrection, he reveals that there is also a deeper magic. So there's not just this deep magic that we could say corresponds with the law. There's a deeper magic. And in a lot of ways, this deeper magic corresponds with what we would call the gospel. How God in his love saves sinners. Ultimately, the deeper magic points to the atoning sacrifice that Aslan will allow himself to be the victim in that he will give his life in the place of the traitor to the same way that Jesus gives his life for sinners like you and me. Uh, in fact, after the, uh, the resurrection, uh, Aslan says this. He says, There is a deeper magic still which the witch did not know. Her knowledge goes back only to the dawn of time. But if she could have looked a little further back into the stillness and darkness before time dawned, she would have read there a different incantation. And what Lewis is communicating here is an important parallel in the Christian faith. It, it wasn't that Adam and Eve sinned and then God had to figure out what to do in order to save us. The same way that in Narnia, it wasn't that you know, there would be a, a, a traitor and then Aslan had to figure out what to do to, to save Edmund. God knew that Adam and Eve would sin. 
And even before that happened, he had already decided to redeem humanity through this amazing sacrifice that, that Jesus gives for us. And sometimes people say, well, that's kind of unfair for, for God to give that to Jesus. But re remember, Jesus is God. <laughs> it's not like the father looked at him and said, well, I guess you better do this, son. They, they are united. They are one. And from before time, the second person of the Trinity, whom we know as Jesus, the, the incarnate Son of God, had as his plan to save us and to redeem us because of his love by his own death and his resurrection. It actually talks about this a little bit in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 10. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. So even before the foundation of the world, God chose you and me in Christ. That even before we were born, our salvation, our relationship with God was to be secured in Jesus. So before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ. Uh, don't get wrapped up on the sons versus daughters things in this. Um, he, he's saying that all people uh, are, are adopted and, and have the inheritance that, that Jesus promises that he has given to us. And this is according to his purpose of his will to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us. I love that. He lavished his grace upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ, as a plan for the fullness of time, to unite all things in him, things in heaven, and things on earth. So even before you were born, God's plan for salvation was for you to be reconciled to himself, to be chosen in Jesus. And I, I probably need to say a quick word about predestination, which probably won't be satisfying, but that's how predestination works. Predestination is intended to be a comfort to you. The idea that God chose you even before you were born is intended to be something that, that gives you hope and peace. That before the creation of the world, God had in mind to save you in Christ is intended for your, your peace as you live in this world. But what often happens is when we start thinking about predestination, we start saying, well, what about that other person? And my favorite response to that thought actually comes from another one of Lewis's books, uh, the, the Horse and His Boy. Because there's some things that happen in that book uh, that are dealing with a calling and a choosing. And one of the characters asks Aslan, well, what about this other person? And Aslan says this, I'm telling you your own story. No one is told any story but their own. 
in a sense, I think what we do with predestination is we entrust people into God's hands and we take comfort that we are chosen, that we are called, uh, even before the foundation of the world. Now, am I saying that other people weren't? I'm not saying that. God wants all people to be saved and, to the knowledge, and come to a knowledge of the truth. But in our, our limited capacity, we don't always understand why people fall away, why people don't receive this calling and receive this salvation. And it's in moments like that that we just have to kind of hold on to this idea that God tells us our story, that this is about our forgiveness and our salvation. So, uh, hey, thank you for being with me. I ran a little bit long this time, sorry. Um, God's blessings on you. I hope that you are, are comforted and rejoice in the idea that, that Jesus chose you even before time began and that his plan was to bring you salvation even before the foundation of the world. God's blessings. If you found this to be a blessing for you, uh, please like, share, um, let other people find it. Uh, thank you.